Hello, and welcome to The Book Meets, the podcast for bookworms and enthusiasts. I'm your host, Mr. Waffles, and today my host is... Mango. Okay, so today, the book we will be discussing is a book called The Girl Who Drank the Moon. Oh, and just to let you know if you haven't already noticed, we got ourselves a new SoundCloud page. Yay! So, Mango, what would you think, what do you think about this book? Like, if you had to rate it 1 through 10, what would you rate it? Um, I'd give it, like, a solid 8. Okay. I would say I'd give it, like, about an 8 or a 9 as well. Yeah, and just right now, let me apologize if the recording sounds a bit, if Mango sounds not the best because we're doing this over a phone call because she can't be here personally. So... Mango, could you please describe a bit of the book for us? Like, what is it basically about? Well, there's this girl, and she uh, was found in the woods by a witch. And the witch took her and tried to feed her um, starlight, but instead she accidentally fed her moonlight, which gave her super powerful magic. And it's just about her, like, earlier years. Yeah, so I'll read the blurb. Every year, the people of the Protectorate leave a baby as an offering to the witch who lives in the forest. They hope this sacrifice will keep her from terrorizing their town. But the witch in the forest, Zan, is kind. She shares her home with a wise swamp monster and a perfectly tiny dragon. Zan rescues the children and delivers them to welcoming families on the other side of the forest, nourishing the babies with starlight on the journey. But one year, Zan accidentally feeds a baby moonlight instead of starlight filling the ordinary child with extraordinary magic. So, that's the blurb, and I don't really want to spoil the ending, but like it says in the blurb, as Luna's 13th birthday approaches, her magic is beginning to emerge, which is causing a lot of things to happen, and her grandmother, Zan, is sort of slowly... Withering away to nothing, if you could put it that way. Now let's get on to our favorite characters. Who would you say your favorite characters are, Mango? Um, my favorite character is for sure the Mad Woman. Um, I think she's really cool with her with her paper and everything. So let me explain about the Mad Woman for a second. The uh, Mad Woman is the original mother of Luna, and when Luna got taken away for the day of sacrifice, she sort of went mad. So some people of the Protectorate called the Sisters of the Star locked her up in a tower. But that's part of it, and we'll get to the rest of it later, so yeah. What would you say the Mad Woman's personality is like? Um, well, she does seem quite mad, but mad for good reason. I mean, her child was taken away for just... Their version of, like, government, like, their leaders just, like, instilling fear on all the people. She's mad, but she she does have a good reason, and I think she just wants to get back to her daughter, and that's all she cares about. Yeah. I would say that she's, she's a loving mother, and she's sort of, she's nice in her own way. Yeah, for sure. What would you say one of your other favorite characters is? Well, I have a lot of them. I really like, well, now I can't remember his name, but the, the 
The perfectly tiny dragon or whatever. Oh, either. I would call him Fion. So how would you describe his personality? I think he's kind of, he's he's very in denial about his size, as he is very tiny. But he, he is, you know, like Luna's friend, and he's a good person for her to have. Mm-hmm. I would say so, too. I'd say one of my favorite characters is probably... Well, I like Zan a lot. Yeah, that was going to be my, my third. If... I would say i describe Zan as a good grandmother, but... She doesn't always tell the truth and accept that people are ready to hear what they need to hear. Yeah. I think one of my other favorite characters... Hmm. I'd say... I like Antaid. Yeah. Well, what would you say his personality is? I think he was just... Because obviously he didn't... No one... You know, only the was the Grand Elder or whatnot knew yeah. that, you know, the witch was nice. And he was just doing what he thought would protect his, the protectorate or whatever it's called, and his wife, because the the baby that gets put out in the woods is always the youngest of the year, and that would be his unborn child. So he was like, well, I, I don't want my child taken away from me. And so I he was just doing what he thought was right. And so... I think that's, I, th- I think the exact same thing. So, Mango, what would you say your favorite part is? Well, um, when the mad woman is in the tower, she, this paper keeps appearing, and she, like, folds the paper into, like, these little birds. So, I'll read you that part. The sister pressed her lips into a thin line. She's not allowed to have any paper, she said. Why not? The sister's face became a blank, as expressionless as a hand in a glove. You'll see, she said, and she opened the door. The cell was a riot of paper. The prisoner had folded and torn and twisted and fringed paper into thousands and thousands of paper birds of all shapes and sizes. There were paper swans in the corner, paper herons on the chair, and tiny paper hummingbirds suspended from the ceiling. Paper ducks, paper robins, paper swallows, paper doves. Antaine's first instinct was to be scandalized. Paper was expensive, enormously expensive. There were paper makers in the town who made fine sheaves of writing stock from a combination of wood pulp and cattails and wild flax and zirin flowers. But most of that was sold to the traders who took it to the other side of the forest. When anyone in the protectorate wrote down anything, it was only after much consideration and planning. And here was this lunatic, wasting it. Antine could hardly contain his shock. And yet, the birds were intricate and delicate and... Detailed. They crowded the floor and heaped on the bed. They peeked out of two small drawers of the nightstand, and they were, Antin couldn't deny it, beautiful. So that's the part about the paper and the paper birds. Now on to the question of the episode. I'll have Mango tell you what this one is. Okay, so everyone's magic, uh, well, the people with magic, um, have two colors that go along with their magic. So, if you had magic, what would your two colors be, and why? Sort of like Luna's colors are, I believe, uh, silver and blue. Yeah. And Zan's colors are, like, two different shades of green, I believe. 
Yeah, maybe it was like green and yellow or green and orange, but definitely green. So you can either comment on our SoundCloud page or you can email your answer to bookmeese at gmail.com. That's B-O-O-K-M-E-E-S-E at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. So, Mango, what, what's, what are some books you would recommend to our listeners? Kelly Barnhill, I think, is the name of this author. She's written um, other good books, too. Uh, Wendy Mass, I think is how you say it, but things like Every Soul Meets a Star and The Eleven Birthday Series and The Candy Makers. Those are all great books. Okay, thank you for that. We will hopefully make the next book niece episode about the Pegasus series first book. This is your host, Mr. Waffles. Thank you for listening, and I'll come out with another episode shortly. Bye.